Okay, so this documentary is an hour and nine minutes. Yeah. I have over 40 pages of notes, and I'm not kidding. I'm going to say words to you that I never thought would come out of my mouth. That'll be fun. I can't wait to talk about sports with you for the next Yeah. Hour. What, like the East Championship? No, not that part. Oh, okay. No, the beer oh. and the fighting. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Jillian Bezzavalli. Patrick, hi. You guys, I, the, this is one of the only documentaries I made time to watch before recording day. It's pretty wild. You guys, Malice at the Palace, or Malice at the Palace, I say I'm obsessed. You've, I, got, you've I, called it Malice at the Palace all day long. I'm, I'm here for it, though. You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. We've got over, like, almost 200 full ad-free bonus episodes. What are some of the series we've covered there, girl? Oh, I don't know, like the Jinx yeah. and Heaven's Gate and The Vow and Lacey Peterson and all that. Like, Menendez Murders, yeah. um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, Night Stalker, Heaven's Gate. Tiger King, Lorena. All that stuff. Don't and, have with cats? Yes. And also, uh, we're going to Broadway, right? Oh my God, we're going to Broadway. You guys, pay attention. If you have tickets to the Broadway show, Jillian's got to tell you some shit. Right. So it is now April 11th and yes. it's rescheduled. If you had tickets. It, today is not April 11th. No, That's the day of the show. The show, y'all, is April 11th. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you got tickets, great. Thank you so much. We can't wait to see you. You have until October 31st, spooky day, yes. Halloween, to reclaim those tickets. That's because you probably bought them a year and a half ago. And here's the deal. Jillian and I just do not want to play to an empty Broadway house. Right. So you got to confirm your tickets by October 31st or they are being released back for sale. Yeah, and then other people are going to buy them. Yes. Because people are refreshing the page. Tell failing. them how they do this. You ju- you should have gotten an email yes. from the theater, from yes. the Helen Hayes Theater, and you could call their box second office. Stage, second stage second is, the, stage. is the company. Check your email, check your spam, or go call the box office and say, that's what my mom did. She and, called the box office. Yes, and if you need help, you can always email us at info at truecrimeobsessed.com as a last effort and we will help you figure this out. But we are going to Broadway. We hired a Broadway director. We are Broadwayfying the shit. If I you've mean, seen us live, I mean, you've never seen us live like this. I mean, I mean, when I say dreams come true, for real. So you have until October 31st and then we can't help you anymore. No, but we will still love you, but we can't help you. Right. I mean, come on. Two things can be true. Right. <laughs> say what we're talking about today? I, I mean, please. We're talking about Malice at the Palace, you guys. It's from the Untold series on Netflix, and I gotta tell you a couple things. Number one, Netflix reached out to us and was like, I know you guys don't like the sports, but I think you might like this. And we're like, no. And then they're like, no, that queen's really gonna be into this one. Yeah. And so we're like, all right, we'll watch it, and now I'm obsessed. And we're doing a couple more. Yes. But we're gonna split them up, because sports is sports. Are but... we doing the Caitlyn Jenner one? No. I want to. Is it true crimey? No. <laughs> Can we do it on the Patreon as a one-off? I guess. Okay. <laughs> Not a fan. I, who's a fan? Not a no fan. No one's a fan. I just want to talk about it. All right. You fine. look really distressed about the idea of covering Caitlyn Jenner. I just, why? <laughs> but if you want to do it, you know what? I'll do anything for you. But we said it now, so fuck. Totally. <laughs> I got to do it. That night had a lasting effect. It ignited everything. I'm never talking about this shit again. Can you get that on camera? A fight broke out between the Pacer team and the fans in the stand. It was like a powder keg. From the corner of my eye, I see it coming. Some people have control. I don't. Our test is in the stand! They want to blame us. These guys are thugs. Fans have such an emotional investment. There is a darkness there. The NBA 
DEA was worried about their perception. It cost all of us everything. The palace had a VHS tape for each and every camera. I want the story out there. Go frame by frame. If you actually knew what happened, you wouldn't even be asking questions. Girl, look, we learn on screen text on November 19th, 2004, there was an incident between players and fans at an NBA game. I feel like they're like, you know what? That Patrick Hines might watch this. Explain it to him like he's in kindergarten. And our editor, Matt, who we love, yeah. watched this happen live. He did? Yes. But the thing about that is more on screen text says the raw footage was not made available to the public until now. You guys, it is fucking bananas. This whole thing is like, here's what actually happened. Yeah. So we open with what Matt, our editor, yeah. And so many people saw it, especially because it was played on, like, ESPN every 10 seconds. And the thing is, it's, like, it's a mix between, like, us, like, seeing it and then also the players who were a part of it watching it, like, on laptops. And every one of them, like, slams their computer shut. They're like, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah, one of them, Steven Jackson, is like, It's the last fucking time you can ask me about this shit. Are you getting this? I am never talking about this again. This is the last time. We get more of that outburst later. Oh, it's the best. It's so but good. So, like, this, we get, like, this opening montage of, like, what the public saw, the press being horrible, like, super racist, calling yeah, them thugs yeah. and all the players being like fuck this shit why am I why did I sign the, the release forms to I be here I gotta tell you guys I, the word T-H-U-G I'm not even gonna say it Okay. I, I actually get like emotional when I think about that word Yeah. I hate that fucking word so much I can't believe how emotional I just oh got when I spelled it out uh, you're gonna hear it a lot in this episode yeah. I don't believe in that word and I hate that word and I wanna be on record and it, it's a little like stab in my chest every time I hear it oh my god well yeah. go, good cause it's like shitty it's yeah, a very yeah, shitty yeah. thing we, to say. For, henceforth call it the T word I don't fucking like that word. Great. Uh, then bleep me out just saying it. I don't no. want to be an asshole. The press being horrible, like super racist, calling them <laughs> and all the players being like, fuck this shit. Why? <laughs> I just said it. But I was quoting them. It is a melee. It's like fans. That's like, a great word. It is. Speaking of good words, <laughs> yeah, melee. melee. But these like entitled as fuck fans, which I'm going to get on my soapbox about oh later on. Like and pouring, we need like, some of these people. Like popcorn and beer on players. It's just like insane. Because it begins at the end. It like begins with the like players being dragged off the court during this fight. Yeah, and just this chaos and like people being taken away in stretchers. And I'm like, this is a sports ball. It's not the fucking Tonys. Calm down. Well, speaking of which, I was like, my first note is, oh my god, they're dragging these sports ball players backstage. Back. I have backstage <laughs> written everywhere. I think it's a locker yeah. room. Who knows? It's their Who? dressing room. It's backstage. Right, totally. Henceforth. <laughs> um. So we we're like our main people here are Jermaine O'Neal. Yes. Stephen Jackson and Meta World. Piece, aka Ron Artest. Each one of them fucking hotter than the next. And Reggie Miller is here too. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. only adult I, I, in the room. Throw him in the, the only adult in the room is Reggie yeah, Miller. Totally. Let me say something about Ron Artest's Metal World piece. Yeah. I was really this took, uh, about 20 minutes of googling for me to understand. I was really concerned that this was a dead name situation, yes. and I didn't want to be a dick about it. It's not really because Artest has like tried to change his name to like Queensbridge after where he's from in New York, or like So Hood. Yeah. Now he is Meta Sandyford Artest. So he changes his name a lot, and I wanted to be sensitive about that but Ron Artest was Ron Artest they call him Ron yeah. they call him Ron Artest they yes. call him Artest yeah. even the captions say Artest like can, when he speaks can we just call him Ron because that's what they called him then yeah but okay. I just wanted everyone like I did my research it's not a dead name situation we would have been very sensitive to yes, that of course um, and, and explain it, what a dead name is a dead name is when someone changes their name whether they're trans or they're just going through any kind of transformation yeah, yeah. and you don't call them that because they're not that 
person anymore. Exactly. It's like it's like the Caitlyn Jenner and her dead name that begins with a V. And we don't say and that. we don't say that because right. she's Caitlyn now. Right. We don't like her, but we respect her name. <laughs> exactly. See how all these things can be true at once? It's fun. We got to do the Caitlyn on the pates. Oh we God, it's going to be a lot of this. It's going to be a lot of me being like, oh, I don't like her. I get I, I respect her th- stuff, but I just don't like her. I think she's a problem. I think she brings the whole thing backwards. So the first person we meet is Jermaine O'Neal, and you know we get his backstory. He grew up in South Carolina. He said, you know, they flew the Confederate flag on the state house until as recently as three or four years ago. And he kind of looks like, do you see? Do you see what I'm dealing with here? Right. <laughs> and he says, you know, basketball was a safe haven for him. He was incredible at it. Here's how incredible he was. Yeah, he, in high school, he's a senior in high school. He's 17 years old. He says he's like, I got my driver's license like a week ago. Yeah, he is drafted into the NBA. Can we just talk about this for one second? Because they show a picture of him at his high school graduation. You guys, they're standing for the high school graduation. He's literally a foot and a half taller than everybody at else. Least. Like, it's unreal that a human being can be that tall. But his face looks like a 17-year-old. But he looks like an NBA player. <laughs> like, he skipped college basketball, yeah. sports ball aside, but jokes, blah, blah, blah. That is insane to be a professional basketball player when you're 17 years old and you learned how to drive last Tuesday. This is going to be one of those episodes where the husbands who usually turn us off are like, no! No. Tell that queen that this is how it happened. Banging their head against the wall. <laughs> Why do you listen to this trash? They're asking their partners. But the thing, one of the things he says, and we hear this a lot from these players, Jermaine says I'm the piece that can change the bloodline of my family. I'm the piece that can break the chains of things that have been going on over and over and over and over again. I'm that piece. He's saying, and we hear this from the other players too, his gift, his talent is the thing that's going to like take his family out of poverty and break that cycle. Lots of pressure for a 17-year-old kid. You know what though? Like it's also a beautiful thing. Like the fact that like to hear him say that was just kind of beautiful. It's so crazy too because all of these men are put in all of these high pressure situations and most of them handle it pretty well. You know what I mean? Uh, Yes. Yeah. And he says, you know, look, like he was super excited to be a 17-year-old kid. He's drafted to the Portland Trailblazers and he's like, yeah, but they booed the shit out of me because they were like, uh, you're you're 17? You're, yeah. you're coming from like your high school gym right. to the NBA? He, but he says it, he goes, but also remember the booze. Oh, booze like anti-cheering, not booze like B-O-O-S. vodka. B-O-O-S. Yes. B-O-O-S. Right. <laughs> and he was the youngest. And I looked at my watch and I was like, it's like noon. Is it too, yeah. it's too early? I guess it's it too early. It most certainly is not. Okay. <laughs> Always on time. But the thing is, he was the best his high school had ever seen. And yeah. now he's in the NBA. And he was like, I became the youngest player at the time to play an NBA game. Now I'm going from being the best player on the court in high school to being the fourth best person at my position on my own team. I was the fourth best person in my position on my team. He was on the bench the whole time. Can you? And there's at one point he talks about sitting on the bench and crying. Well, I, I mean, I understand being frustrated. Like, then why am I here? Like, I, let right. me play then. But I know, I know, I know the sports ball people are like, he's. I understand all sides right. of it. But yeah. I, it's like, I'm like 17. Let me try. Like, let me just do it. Yeah. You liked me for a second. But he says, you know, something has to change. And this is when he gets traded to Indiana. And their team is called the Pacers. They're called the Pacers. And now he gets to play with Reggie Miller. Yeah. Yeah, so the, here's the thing. We learn about this guy, Reggie Miller, and everyone's like, this guy is a fucking legend. And Jermaine says, When I got the call that I got traded from Portland to Indiana, I was so excited because it was an opportunity to play with Reggie Miller. I know he's a true competitor. He's a legend. And I told him right away, I said, look, put me right next to his locker. 
He wants to learn every. He wants to be a sponge next to Reggie. I get that, and I appreciate that. I just thought, Jermaine, that's kind of like a prime piece of real estate. I know. I, I would. How do you you just get that because you asked for it? And at the time, like Reggie Miller was a legend, yeah. so I'm sure everyone wanted to be next to Reggie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, also, we meet Reggie. He's gorgeous, and he, but he's also so calm. The story that you guys are about to hear is so bananas. Yeah. And Reggie Miller tells the story in such a calm way. His energy and his aura is like infectious. And he's an incredible basketball player, but you know who's even better than Reggie? Who, Larry Bird. His sister, Cheryl. Oh, no! Really? Cheryl Miller is like a fucking legend, and Reggie is like, she's better than me. Oh, my God, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, you, Wait, did she play in the WNBA? Yeah, yeah, and you, you see her at the end. <gasps> oh, that's his sister at that's the end? Sister, yeah. Oh! So, we meet Donnie Walsh, who's the president of the Indiana Pacers, and he's like, Reggie was the guy that really put the Indiana Pacers on a trajectory they had not been on before. He really wanted to win and did more than anybody anywhere in attempting to get the championship. He wanted to win a championship, and he should have. He was that good. He's been playing for 18 years. Like, not that he's owed it, yeah. but, like, he deserves it. He does. Yeah, and that's important because Reggie ne- has never had one. He came really close in his 14th year on the team. The Pacers were playing the Lakers, and they didn't win, and, you know, and everyone was like, fuck, like, this is Reggie's 14th year. Like, how many more chances does he have? People want to do it for the Pacers, and they want to do it for Indiana, but they want to do it for Reggie. Like, most of all yeah, for Reggie. Yeah. And they realize, like, time's kind of running out. 14 yeah. years, what's going on? So the Pacers are like... Like, okay, let's get some younger guys on the team. And Reggie's all for this. He's like, let's shake it up a little bit. Let's get some new people in here. I want to say the thing that I cannot get over going through this documentary, nobody talks about how good they are. I know. Every single player we meet talks about how amazing all the other players are. And they do it a lot. Yeah. And and it's not forced. Like They are in awe. It is the true embodiment of why team sports are so important. I agree. You heard me say that. I I believe that that's true. Don't cut the drama club just to make the team sports happen. Drama club is also important. So many things can be true at once. That's the theme today. (laughs) But I mean, it is very much like they didn't care so much about the individual glory. It was good enough for them to be on the team surrounded by the other talented people. And that is fucking incredible. It's incredible to see. I agree. And so so the Pacers are like, let's get some younger players. So they pull a U, they go to 100 and get Jermaine, (laughs) the actual youngest person (laughs) in the NBA. Reggie's like, okay, cool. Like, 14 year olds or that one's as young as they go. Reggie's like, shit, I do have a lot of pull around here. I say youngest, they get the 17 year old kid. And the thing is like, now Jermaine is 20 and he's still super young, right? But he's just like, they fucking gutted that team. And then we see him in an interview being like, 100% certain that you guys won't be disappointed at all. I think you'd be very, very happy that the trade was made because I can, I can bring a lot to the table. I swear to God, I could do a good job. I promise I'll be good. Because he's never been a starter. And so now the Pacers are going to start him. And Jermaine's like, can you hold on for like two seconds? I'm I'm no slouch. Like, right. I'm a hard fucking yeah. worker. Yeah, just yeah, can yeah. you give me a second? I've been getting shit on by everyone for three years since I was 17. Just let me do it. Reggie says it's okay. Jermaine says something that I think is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. What? He says, You have to outwork people. Like, you just got to be a savage. That is the words I live by. I wake up every single day a B-minus student. I just, like, work very, very, very yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. And, like, what I lack for talent, I try to make up for in work effort. Reggie had both. Right. So. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Reggie was a leader, and he sees a lot of himself in Jermaine. He's a hard worker. He's good on and off the court. And Reggie's like... Jermaine was on the verge of becoming a superstar in our game, and he was becoming the face of the Indiana Pacers. He's definitely showing signs that he can carry this franchise. And what I mean by that is not necessarily the numbers he does, but I think the leadership that he brings to a lot of the younger guys that are in here. And the thing is, 
because Reggie's like a genius. Yeah. It's starting to happen. Reggie Jermaine's says, like killing it. Yeah, and Reggie goes, I don't care about the glory. I wanted to see these young guys do the bulk of the work, and I wanted my fucking championship. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Reggie's thrilled. Reggie, yeah, like, yeah. right now, Reggie's thrilled. There's a range, but yeah. today, right this minute, Reggie's thrilled. He's like, I can taste that fucking championship. I want it. I want it. But they need more rebuilding. Jermaine's yeah. amazing, but he can't do it all by himself, right? Yeah. And that's when Walsh, the owner, is like, look, mm-hmm. my job is to try to, like, put players together who are going to be the magic. Like, work really well together. It doesn't always happen in one season, but, like, that's what you're always aiming for. And I get that. Like, you try to assemble a team that's going to be the greatness. Right. And they all have very specific roles. Yeah. So they want the best forward. Or the fullback. Or the best... Tight end? Tight end. Great. We nailed it. We did the basketball. We know that's football. Get off our backs. <laughs> so they get Ron Artest, a.k.a. Meta World Peace. Yeah. And he's on the news throwing all this shade because I guess he was just on the Chicago Bulls. And he's like, it feels good to be here after a couple of years in Chicago losing. It just was hard. And uh, just want to bring that winning effort. So nice to be here after losing all that time in Chicago. <laughs> Thrilled to be here in Indiana. And I'm like, oh, okay, Ron. And so Ron Artest became, when this happened, he was the villain in this whole story. Yeah. And now we get what was really happening from him. And he explains right off the bat a little bit about the state of his mental health at the time. Which is kind of amazing. Like, he was in a very tough place. He suffered from anxiety and depression. I was saying, I'm like, are we supposed to not like this guy? Because I kind of like him. I think the whole point of this is like, here's what really happened. Yeah. And yeah. meet the guys that are from this edited footage yes. of ESPN and see yeah. the whole thing and see the whole story. Because and so Ron Artest is very in touch with his mental health. Like he's very in touch and on top of it. Like he's constantly working on it. And every time I see him on screen, I'm like, that's someone who's doing the work yes. in and out of therapy. Yes. He speaks like someone who is in therapy still and is like walking the walk and talking the talk yeah. of the therapy, yeah. right? So now like Ron Artest again incredibly hard worker, badass, like amazing at what he does. And even Jermaine O'Neal was like, I thought I was the hardest worker. Like, and then I see Ron Artest. So again, it's like cutting back. These guys hate each other now in real life, but they're (laughs) cutting back and forth and they're like, no, he was the better one. No, he was the better one. No, he was amazing. No, he was amazing. Right. And once again, Reggie's thrilled because they're like, he's like another piece of the puzzle. The championship's getting closer. I can feel it. And Reggie's like, every team needs a Ron Artest. We need a guy that everyone's a little bit afraid of. Everyone needs a guy that everyone's like a little bit afraid of. Yeah. Every team needs that. Have I said that Ron's really sexy? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I like a guy who's in touch with what's going on in their mental health and is okay to talk about it. Let's normalize that. That's sexy as fuck. It is sexy as fuck, but then it immediately cuts to like all of these images of Ron and all the fights he gets into on the courts. He's just like throwing his weight around a lot. Yeah, and he's like, okay, look, I always had a chip on my shoulder. Okay, I I saw everyone as an enemy. He's just had like a lot going on. Like Ron Artest and Jermaine O'Neal, based on what their positions were on the court, they were like the dynamic duo. And and Reggie goes, It was like poetry in motion at times when they were on the court. It was like poetry in motion. On the court. Yeah. Reggie's reliving it. There are flowers everywhere. And they say, like, Jermaine's like, we were blazing through teams. Like, they're getting to that fucking championship game. They're just, they're knocking them down every time they play. Right. So now they have the best record in the league. Yeah. And they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Which turns out not a conference. It's not a conference it's at all. It's not a conference, you guys. No, it's <laughs> not at all. No. Did, when I say Eastern Conference yeah. Finals, you can hear it in my voice that I don't know what that is, right? right? <laughs> I know it's like a step before the championship. I think you win the, the Eastern Eastern sure. Conference, yeah. and then whoever Wait. wins the other conference, then yeah. they go to the finals. I wonder why they don't just call it a game. 
It's not a conference. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know that we're being featured in the sports section of Apple Podcasts right now? Because, because of, of our Tanya and Nancy <laughs> episode. So it's like, we'll put you there, but we're going to do the the gayest way we possibly could. I'm sending this to Apple as soon as it comes out. No, like, More for the sports section. Because the other episode is about this documentary. There's room for all of us, oh, Apple. Oh, that's so interesting. Why, don't you want to hear our take on it? Exactly. So it's 2004. They're at these Eastern Conference Finals, which is not a conference at all. It's just yeah. a basketball game. Yeah. And so Jermaine's like, this is what ignited everything. Yes. So it's the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons. Right. And they're like, the Pistons are like another amazing team. And they say whoever wins this game is going to win the championship. Because that's how good the team was, yeah. right? They just yeah. knew like they're just going to beat the, the next team. The two best team. teams in the, like, right, yeah. exactly. So Ron Artest commits a foul at the worst possible time in the game. And it's weird because I, I had to watch it five times to even see it. Because I feel like it, basketball is one of those games, I feel like the soccer players do this. Yes. Where like you bump into somebody by accident and then you throw your yourself on the ground and roll around like you're in a ton of pain. I literally, I have in my notes. Also, the player on the Pistons flew himself into the air and onto the court, but whatever. Right. And it's like, if the foul is the foul, and they all do this. Yeah. Even yeah. Reggie's done it. Yeah. Watch, <laughs> watch Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. My Reggie? He does it all. He's like, what, who, me? He's all about the theater. It's so great. So they do it, they do it all the time, uh-huh. but it's very like, just let the foul be the foul. You don't right. have to throw yeah. yourself onto yeah. the court. Give me a break. But the, the, guy's, the guy's face down, not breathing. And like he's, he's like, oh, no. It's like. I'd be great at basketball. You'd be. Oh my God. Like, so great and also just the worst. Like, why is this game nine hours? What you like? Ron Artest would be like, I'm gonna elbow. I don't want to. He's on my team, but I feel my elbow going for the foul. <laughs> oh no! I fell over. Patrick, are you doing that in slow motion? <laughs> what? It's just ow! No. So regardless, this foul leads to the Pistons winning the game. Right? They win the conference finals and they go to the actual NBA finals. And they win. And they yeah. win the final. Like Detroit is champion. And it's also like a horrible way to lose it. It's like game six. It's a stupid foul. It could have been avoided. It and just sucks. Ron, like taking the drama to the next level. I feel like Ron and I would have gotten along. He tries to retire. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck, that foul was my fault. I can't go back out there. You know what? I'm retiring. So the, here's the thing. Like, now, a lot of this stuff is like, oh, that's what was happening. So yeah. Ron Artest, like, today uh-huh. is like. I have so much anxiety all the time. You know, you get that heart pumping. And it was like something I couldn't control at that time. It was every day. Every day. So I was like, I really do need to try to figure out what's wrong. You know, why are you not happy around basketball and your teammates? You know, why are you not happy? Figure it out, figure it out. I was really going through it. I needed to take a step back. But what he does is, he's like, I know I have six years left on the contract I just signed. I'm retiring. Get Like, undo my contract. And they're like... Undo undo that. And and also, it's like... Just for anybody who needs to hear it, that's not how contracts work. So he decides to do this, like, a month into the next season. He doesn't... Like, he waits until the season starts. And Reggie's like, we have six and a half months to go of the season. Like, you can't just ditch practice. Right. And so Ron Artest... He's literally like, I gotta go do my band, though. I gotta work on my music. I'm a grown man. I can do what I want. And what we learn now is that he was like struggling with anxiety, but it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And it's like, he's so in touch with it now. Why didn't you just, and I, I mean, I know the answer to this question is because he couldn't. Right. But like, if you just told people what you were struggling with, because mm-hmm. this is where we get the round robin of all the players being like, you know, we knew he had a psychiatrist that, that traveled you know, everywhere we went. We knew he had sessions that he had to go with and, and have with her. We knew that much. But we were never, ever, you know, told that he had a certain issue, medical issue. His therapist 
came with them on the road. That's his, amazing. It's fucking incredible. And everyone really respects it, you yeah. know? But then he, like, he does shitty things. Like, he tells the entire team that he's got a death in the family, so he can't play. And then he goes and presents at the Source Awards. The Source Awards. Awards. <laughs> and he's like, and I don't even... Maybe he'll be the cable aces. It's like... <laughs> like, I'm sure, like, I'm sure there's an... Did you going to get caught? I'm sure there was an explanation yeah. that four days earlier, there was a death in the family, sure, maybe. Sure. And then four... But you got to tell somebody. Yeah. And then, like, and then, though, we see this clip of him... And you could, it's so easy to see that he was struggling. So it's its Ron Artest and it's just his face and like all those cameras uh-huh, and the mics and everything uh-huh. in his face and his eyes are darting around and he's looking for a way out and yeah. it's like this is someone in the throes of an anxiety attack. You can see it yeah. in the press. But it's also cutting back to his teammates. Like Jermaine is like playing, doing the work and he'll do like a little press conference after a game and all anybody wants to ask him about is Ron. And he's finally like then this, I'm not going to ask any more questions about Ron. Ron doesn't want to be here. Ron doesn't matter anymore. It's about the Pacers. It's about the players that, that suit up every single day. I'm tired of asking, answering questions about Ron. Fuck Ron. Ron doesn't want to fucking be here. I'm not answering any more questions about that guy. That guy's presenting with Paula Abdul at the Source Awards. It was Petey Pablo, actually, but... <laughs> and then he, like, doesn't know what he's doing. Like, come on. He's Ron saying, I had depression. I had anxiety. He goes, look... Some people have control over that emotion. I don't. And I'm really excited, happy I just dunked on somebody, game winner. That emotional level is not a good place for me. Positively or negatively, you still you have no control of that. I had no control over my emotions, good or bad. And that's yeah. a really unhealthy place to be. And then cut to Reggie, who's like the only adult in the room. He's like, they were this amazing double act, Ron and Jermaine, and they weren't getting along. And like, yeah. it was all unsettling. And just like, I just want my fucking championship. I'm and Reggie he, goddamn Miller. He's saying, like, Reggie's like, I could not get the two of them to understand the opportunity they were throwing They're away. They're just not getting it. Yeah. They're just not getting it. And then it cuts to Ron. He's like, I never fucking listened to that guy anyway. I never listened to Reggie. If he tried to give me mentorship, or leadership, I just think bust his ass in practice. Run! So speaking of that championship, the coach is building this championship team and there's one missing piece. Yeah. And that missing piece is Steven Jackson. And Reggie is thrilled again. And I love Steven Everyone's Jackson. Thrilled. Steven Jackson is super hot. And he's like just like another talented young guy. And he loves a challenge. He makes love he makes to love the challenge. To <laughs> I'm ready for a challenge. I'm ready for it. That's what I live for. I make love to pressure. <laughs> Normalize not saying things like that. Yeah. Steven Jackson rules though. I know. Unless so he doesn't. I don't know. But I in this know, he's great. Right. <laughs> I just, I, I love him in this. And so Reggie is like perfect. He's a hard worker. He's like talented beyond belief. He's got an edge. Yeah. Everything Reggie wants. And Steven is like, look, I met Ron, I knew the guy was a little off, but I don't fucking judge anybody. I smoke pot all day. Like, who cares? <laughs> he's like, he's one hell of a basketball player. That's really all I cared about. Yeah. Like, I didn't give a shit. One important thing he tells us, he's like, I'm a lawyer guy. Like, one thing about it, if I'm with you, I'm with you. We shoot this, and we go to a bar afterwards, somebody say something, I'm going to be the first one to stand up. That's just how I am. If I'm with you, I'm with you. Just put a pin in that because it's coming back. And the example he gives, he says to the film crew, he's like, look, today, like, let's just say, for example, after we wrap this and we go out to the bar and someone tries to start shit, I'm going to be the first guy having your back. I was like, he's saying this to the film crew, which is amazing. He's like, we're going to go through this journey together. We're getting drinks after. May God help the person who tries to fuck with you as if anyone's going to fuck with them when 6'9", Steven Jackson is sitting next to you. Oh my Come God. On. And then Reggie says, like, going into that season, there are only a handful of teams that could say, we've got a shot at the championship. This was us. That was our fucking year. Reggie's thrilled. Netflix, I love you for making us do this. I'm so happy. I'm, it's so it's so good. I've never been happier to talk about sports except for that time that we covered Nancy and Tanya. Right, which, again, 
Yeah. Apple, hi, welcome. <laughs> so now it's November 19th, 2004. Once again, it's the Detroit Pistons versus the Indiana Pacers. And remember, they're saying that like the rivalry started last fucking year when like that foul happened and then like Detroit went on to win the championship. Like this is a supercharged game and they're playing it in Detroit. So like the Indiana is going in there, the underdog. They're playing it at the palace. They're playing it at the palace. And Reggie's like. And it's not like, a, not. It's, it's just like. Not a, the palace theater on Broadway. No. <laughs> Quite a difference. It's a very different environment, you guys. And Reggie's like, don't get it twisted. We were there to make a statement. Like, yeah. we were there not just to play, but like totally demolish them. Then we meet Timothy Smith. He's the director of operations for the palace. Oh, and this... he is very serious. But he also like makes some moves, Tim, because he's <laughs> like. Anytime you put 20,000 people together for four or five hours and they're drinking, the stage is set somewhere. Somebody's going to have an issue. There's going to be a problem somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes they're big problems. Sometimes they're small problems. But it's like, Timmy? Yeah. You're you, in charge of all of this. And you knew this is like years plus in the making. The Pistons, the Pacers, uh-huh, they're back. Can uh-huh. you be a little aware? And here's the here's what also gets me, yeah. if I may, Timmy, now that I'm on my soapbox. The night of the game, he tells us about this fan who, I swear to God, I... <laughs> Are you talking about Charlie H? Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> because he was like, you know, we'd had enough of Charlie and his shenanigans. Yeah. He was a, Charlie's a season ticket holder. And Timmy is like, we're going to take his season tickets away from him at that game. Yeah. But yet he lets Charlie... Enjoy the game, even though he's pulling all this bullshit shenanigans. Yeah, and then I don't we, understand that. I don't understand. This. I don't understand it either. But now we fucking meet Charlie. Boo. Charlie's. <laughs> How does that feel, Charlie? Boo! <laughs> this fucking piece of shit guy. He says it was a Friday night. You know, we didn't have to work Saturday, so it was kind of like you know you kind of like enjoyed it more. You know, have a few drinks, you get to you know hang out with you know friends, kind of like treat myself. I was treating myself. Charlie, just say you want to get sloshed at the game. Just say it. Like, it's all over now. Just say you, know you wanted how, to go get hammered. We're going to get to this eventually, but you know how we know it wasn't Charlie who threw the beer? He would never throw out a beer. Never. He's got to drink every fucking ounce Wait of it. Wait till we get to that piece of shit with the beer. Do you hear the low? Yeah. I'm not even yelling. That's how much I hate this guy. And Reggie, we find out that Reggie broke his finger, so he's, like, not playing that night. He's in a suit. Yeah. And so Steven is starting... And Steven wasn't on the team the year before when they lost. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson yeah. wasn't on the team the year before when they lost to Detroit. So he doesn't even necessarily really know what he's walking into here. Right. And so I have Reggie Miller, legend and the only adult in the room, right. is in a suit on the bench, right? So just to recap, the Pacers, that's Re- Reggie and friends, yeah. they're here to make a statement. The Pistons are there to defend a title and they hate each other. And we had 10 minutes. What of could that. go wrong? What could go wrong? And we had 10 <laughs> minutes of how like charged up the room is. Like you could feel the electricity when you walked in there. Mm-hmm. But they introduced this guy, Ben Wall. And he beca- he's a player on the Pistons who becomes a major player here. And I guess he's like a fan favorite. Everyone's getting really hyped. And the one thing they tell us is that the Pacers guys, though they're like friends with Ben Wallace and the other guys in real life, they didn't know that his brother had just died. Yeah. And so and that's like a big thing here. Yeah. And he's like going through it and he's super intimidating. He's 6'9. Is he? Oh my God. Yeah. And he's here with us now. Seems like a nice guy. <laughs> he's the only Piston here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad he's here to tell his side. Of it. Yeah. So the and the point is like everyone's bringing all of their personal shit to the game. Exactly. Right. Like, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. That's the thing to know here. So it is sometimes about it is a little bit about the rivalry. They hate each other. They're yeah. there to make yeah. a statement, defend it. But there's like personal shit that everyone's also bringing to the court. So the game starts and it's just going great for the Pacers. The Pacers are fucking dominating. Listen to me. It's like I'm fucking announcing a game. I was like, where? <laughs> I have to ground myself. The Pacers are dominating. <laughs> 
Are we going to end the podcast so we could be announcers, totally sports ball announcers? <laughs> We're going to be like, Reggie Miller looking amazing looking in those amazing. shorts. Scores Tight again. End, am I right? Scores again. They'll be like, that's football. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Are you going to have fun or are you going to be a big drip? Yeah, Can't we just have fun? Totally. <laughs> But they're doing amazing. They're up by double digits. Reggie says, Because we were beating them down, the normal ticket holders were gone. They had left. So it was the people that were trinkling their way down, that were probably already liquored up, coming on down to fill those seats. And all these, like, drunken maniacs have, like, filtered down. The, the season ticket holders, the diehards. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've all filtered down, like, into the seats right near the what the stage. What do you call it? The court. The court. <laughs> the court. Um, it's fine. But who stays? Charlie, the pro- like problematic Charlie who's hammered. Yeah. For whatever reason, he's still there hammered. Yeah, of course. Because me- the bar's still open. Charlie, I see you, girl. Right. Charlie, please. Charlie's <laughs> hammered in the parking lot before the game. Like, please. So, like, all the all the hooligans from the upper level are coming down to the orchestra seats. The ne'er do wells. Yeah, they're coming down to the to the or- the, the house seats. The house seats. <laughs> Those are really expensive. I Too know. expensive. I but know. I see your point. So Charlie, the Detroit fan, goes on this rant. Oh man, very disrespectful. Like the way they did it. The game was almost over. They had starters out there that was playing. They're up by 15, 20 points. He's like, it was real disrespectful. What he's trying to explain is when you know you're going to win, like you should kind of pull back and not be so aggressive and not like showboat, right? Is that a thing? It's a thing. Win by a thousand is my my motto. Well, here's the thing. Like Charlie's also full of shit because there's two minutes. I know this because I paused on the screen. Okay. There's two minutes and 14 seconds left in the game. The Pacers are only up by 11 points. Yeah. A lot can happen totally. in almost two and a half minutes. So, like, there's plenty of time for shit to Is go this down. Is the one that has the three-point shots? Like, yes. You just, I mean, they're probably not going to get, like, four of those. But look, like, crazy <laughs> shit has happened. Like, yeah. YouTube it. It's just, like, amazing. Like, yeah. you can score 11 points in two minutes in basketball. Uh-huh. No question, okay, right? So, You're really fired up about I'm, Because it's just Charlie, like, say you wanted to go and get yeah. hammered. Yeah. And don't, like, this kid has a fucking death wish. We'll get to it in a minute, oh right? God. We see it. It's unbelievable. Because Charlie's like, they were up 15, 20 points. Not true, Charlie. I fucking paused it. It was 11 points with two and a half minutes left. Fuck yourself. And also, everyone, everyone uh-huh. from the Pacers to the Pistons was saying how important and personal this game is. You fucking play to the end. You think Reggie? You think Reggie's gonna let you pull some shit no. and pull back? No. Absolutely fucking not. No. You play until the end, Charlie. <laughs> It makes me crazy. You guys, she had to turn away and put her head between her eyes. I couldn't even look at my notes anymore because his name is on it. You guys, I want Win by a Thousand merch. I want it. Shut up, Charlie. Shut up, Charlie. But now, now though, here's what happens. Now it's 57 seconds left and the Pacers are up by 15 points. So now it's like the game's over, right? There's no way anyone can get 15 points in 57 seconds. And so Stephen Jackson is guarding Ben Wallace, the 6'9 guy who just lost his brother and he's going yeah, through it. Yeah. And Steven Jackson is like, have you seen Ben Wallace? Have, are you going to talk to him? He's 6'9". Like, yeah. I'm not even going to do my job on the court. I'm going to play, but like, I'm not going to try to block him. Like, right. I'm not going to start any shit. Yeah. And yeah. like, Steven Jackson had the right idea here. Yeah. We can play hard. Reggie will be happy. Yeah. You don't have to pull back, but you also don't have to go out of your way to start some shit. Don't do right. that. So Ron fouls this Ben Wallace guy. And Ron says he was like, he's going for a layup. And I didn't want to get the layup. 
So I pushed him. He was going to make do a layup, and I didn't want him to make it, so I fouled him. Run. I know. So then, I mean, and this is jarring to watch because Ben Wallace turns around and, like, shoves Ron so hard. These guys are huge. And they're so strong. And, I mean, and, and Ron goes fucking flying. Like 10 feet I mean, back. it's un- I, I rewound it to watch it again. Right. And Ben says, he was like, look, even today, he's like, it was too hard of a foul at that point. If he's going to foul me, fine. Yeah. But it was way too aggressive for under a minute left in the thing. Exactly. Enough. Enough. And then Reggie is saying to us, like, you know what? A dust up on the court is fine. Nobody cares. Like, all of that shit is fake anyway. But then Ron does this insane thing. And this is the thing. I don't even know what it is. Ron, in response, doesn't go back and, like, punch Ben Wallace. He goes and lies down on the scores table. What right. is that? What's a scores table? It's where they keep score of the game. Oh. Because <laughs> I see that up on that big board with the numbers and the lights. Yeah, but I think they're keeping track of, like, who, where on the court if oh, it's a three-point oh, or whatever. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> Ron is saying... At that point, I was ready in therapy. So I was practicing in real time. One thing was take five, right? So if something happens, you're like, one, two, three. Before you do anything, just count, because then you get more time to think. I was really upset, and I've learned in therapy, go lie down and count to five. He's full of shit. That's not what he was doing. And he looks... Like he's showboating. He looks yes. like he has his hands behind yes. his head, and the, he's and like, he is because while Ron Artest is laying down on this table, Ben Wallace is like throwing people, like he's trying to get to Ron Artest, yes. and his team is protecting him, and the refs are trying to do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you see Ron Artest just like kind of kick back on the scorers' table, even Ben Wallace is like, that was worse than the foul. Exactly. Like that behavior, like that made me incensed. The other point that Jermaine makes here that's so important is that the fans don't know the majority of us are actually friends. So they think that this is a real street brawl scenario. So however you react, they're gonna react. If you do this, what do you think they're gonna do? The fans are looking to their players, and whatever the players do, the fans are going to do. He explains it perfectly. It's, it's perfectly explained. They're going to follow the lead of their team. And remember, they're in Detroit. The Pacers are outnumbered by thousands exactly, right now. Exactly, exactly. And then <laughs> and then it happens, ladies and gentlemen. This is why <laughs> Reggie is such an amazing storyteller. Yeah. And Steven Jackson. Yeah. So here's, I even took screenshots. Oh so my that God, I can really? Do, yeah, because <gasps> I, love, I love this moment so much. And because then it's like fucking chaos down here, Tom, right? And Reggie. Like ten times, like in the a next thousand seven times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reggie goes. And out of the corner of my eye, I see it coming. Then Steven Jackson goes. Super slow mo, like it just, like it just. Everybody was supposed to see it. That's how slow it went. Everyone was meant to see it. Like yes, the universe yes, was like, this yes. is going to be a moment. Like that's how slow it went. It's a beer being thrown from the stands, and it's like perfectly choreographed. Hits Ron Artest in the center of his chest while he's laying down, trying to quote ground himself. Right. And Ron doesn't even hesitate. Therapy goes out the window. He's like a fucking freight train. He uh, it, uh, like levitates. Yeah. He yeah. jumps over five people. He's it's got the longest legs. Unbelievable. He is now in the stands. Fighting with the fans. And I mean, he's like trying to find the guy that threw the beer. Steven Jackson's like, I went where he went. The most loyal guy you'd ever meet. He's, again, just leaping over. And, and then there's another beer thrown in Ron Artest's face. It looks like a bucket. Yeah. Like how much liquid came out of that thing? My God. I was like, what? The, where? How much was that beer? It was like 40 bucks. I'm take a bucket of beer right now. And Steven says, that's the guy I punched. And we see him punch this guy. And every time a person gets punched that we see, it looks like they die. Right. It looks like a fucking video game and they're killing 
killing zombies. And now, like, fans and players and everyone's just beating the hell out of each other. And I'm like, no one thought to just leave. I know. Like, not a single person was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to call it a night. Charlie would have left, but he got more beer. He had more beer to drink. Okay, you know what? I know. And, but also, this is happening live. Like, Matt, our editor, was yeah. watching this live. And we hear the announcers being saying, Oh boy, what a sad scene here at the palace. <laughs> Excuse me. I know. This is a disgrace. Oh, what a sad scene here at the palace. And now another fight's breaking out in front of the Pistons bench. It is utter chaos down here, Tom. And Jermaine O'Neal realizes, it dawns on him. I just stopped and paused and I just started looking. Where is the security at? There's no security anywhere. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine Anywhere. That? And he's like, these are 20,000 of their fans and their players, and there's 15 of us. And the fans are drunk, angry, and entitled. Yeah. Yes. Okay? And so oh, now- Oh, that's the name of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> my forthcoming memoir. Introduction drunk, by Julian Benzimov. <laughs> As always. Maybe more than ever oh in that Oh my one. God, drunk, angry, and entitled. Oh, that's a good one. That might be the best one we've ever come up with. That is excellent. <laughs> that's also got to be merch. Yeah. Why are we keeping notes? We got to keep notes of the merch. God, we're good at this. This is fun. Let's do this forever. So back with Charlie, the fan who made, who 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 just I can't even get the words out. Yeah, he's here with us today. Yes, the man Defending has a death wish. Himself. He has a death wish. She goes. Yeah. Everybody was like everywhere. I mean, it was just like a melee, and then they're pushing us towards the exit. Somehow, I got in the court. I don't know. Like somehow, I just ended up on the court. Like it just happened to him. No, Charlie forgets that yeah. this is all recorded because I think he expects to see what the public has seen for all these. Years, yes. He must not realize that there's raw footage of him yeah, yeah. because we see Ron Artest has run has walked away from the fight. Yeah, he really is. He's, he's trying just, to go backstage. He's like pacing, trying to go backstage yeah. to his dressing room. Right. Yes. He looks <laughs> lost. Truly, yeah. like it's yeah. a mess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Charlie, this fan walks right up to Ron Artest with a. Pro- Remember in the Bigfoot where we learned about bluff charging? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and Ron Artest today Wait, is like bluff charging. The Patrick Hines story. It's there. A, you go. It's the sequel. This, it's I was going to say the sequel, the companion piece. <laughs> totally. So Ron Artest test today is like I remember being shocked like I seen an alien like this guy coming to the court to fight because at that point I'm like I'm, I'm fed up I mean, and Ron Artest is 6'10", and this pipsqueak is like 5'5". Five five. And before we see it, we get Ron Artest saying like, is this kid fucking serious? And yeah. an announcer saying like, no one in their right mind would think it would be a good yes, idea yes, to yes. seek out Ron Artest in this moment and try to fight him. But Charlie, <laughs> who just found himself yeah. on the court, like he didn't stumble down there. Clenched fist, by the way, when you see it, the fucking guys, he's about to pop Ron Artest. He like does this bluff charge with the clenched fist and almost, and then gets like startled. Yeah, yeah. And Ron fucking punches him in the face. <laughs> And now there's another fight on the court. Ron Artest is not even in this fight. No, no. Ron's pulled away. Jermaine O'Neal is seeing this all happen from the other side of the court. Yeah. He runs, runs to try to punch this guy in the face. He slides because there's beer all over the yeah. court. Yeah, and Reggie says, He slipped, thank God. It was the best miss of Jermaine's career. Because if Jermaine would have connected on that punch, that fan would have been dead. If he had connected, he would have killed he that guy. He would have killed that guy. Yeah. And Charlie, who has a fucking death wish, calls Jermaine. He goes, that was a bitch move to tell you the truth. Charlie, keep your fucking <laughs> mouth shut. What is wrong with you? I you, know. We have footage of you bluff charging Ron Artest. Yeah, 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 what, yeah. How, what were you thinking? I shut just, your mouth. My, my only thing about Jermaine, who I love, I love him so much. He's going to go on to say that everything he did was, like, defensive. That wasn't defensive. He, like, ran at that guy and tried to punch him. Yeah. He also says, like, there was never one second where I thought I shouldn't be punished for this. Yeah. Agree, right? Yeah. He's very, very accountable. And so, like, Ron Artest is in the middle of the court. He's not even fighting. Yeah. <laughs> but then everyone shut up and pull over. I can't even believe you're behind the wheel right now. We hear 
what I'm going to call, yeah. hands down, the best 911 call we have heard to date <laughs> by a long shot. Wait, describe it because I don't remember it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we get here. Again, screenshot so I oh can read Oh, my God. It. They pick up. Hello, 911. The caller says, somebody needs to come down to the palace and hurry up. <laughs> and the dispatcher goes, okay. And the caller goes, they're fighting, ma'am. And 911 goes, the fight between the players. And the caller just goes, hurry up. <laughs> And 911 is like, all right, we have people on the way. And the caller once again goes, please hurry up. Hello, 911. When she goes, hurry up. Like, I'm going to say it slow and loud so you can understand me. I, la- I made Mike watch that 15 times. Hurry up. So this is where we see them again going through that gauntlet trying to get backstage where everyone lines up with their water, their Gatorade, their beer, their popcorn to dump it on these people. This is disgusting. Yeah. First of all, like, who the fuck are you? I who know. acts like this? I know. The entitlement of it all. It's a fucking basketball game. Yeah. But also, like, the anger. If you really look at the people, the anger and the rage yeah. they have. And they're all hammered, too. You know what I mean? And it's like someone could have been killed. Yes. And it they're is- covering one of the guys getting... Ron out of there is covering his head yes. with his hand because he's afraid someone's going to throw a fucking rock or something They're trying at him. to get the chairs Chair. loose. Yeah, yeah, I was gasping. Steve was like, what is going on over it's, there? I'm like, you just have to watch this. This is insane. And it is also like incredibly upsetting yeah. to see all of these black men yes. get like drinks poured on yes. them. Yes. It was a mob yeah. and it was very upsetting to see this happening to all of these black men who are literally like, so it's just the team versus like Everyone all here. of the Indiana, all <laughs> well, you of know the what they held them off. They did. (laughs) So we're in the locker room and Ron is now like scared of seeing Jermaine because even though Jermaine came to Ron's defense, Ron is like, the whole time like, oh, Jermaine's going to kick my butt right now. Like the whole time, I'm like, I didn't want to see him. I knew he was going to be pissed because it's all about winning for Jermaine. And they get in there, like they like charge at each other. I can't even imagine what it must do to like your level of energy and your psyche. And Jermaine, like I legitimately live in fear of getting yelled at, getting in trouble. Like, I really feel that, like, stress yeah. when, I, when I'm in a situation like that. I feel like Jermaine is kind of like that, too, because he's like... When the police comes in and trying to grab me to take me to jail, and I'm still, again, I'm on survival mode. I'm like, look, I'm not going with you. I am getting on this bus and getting on that plane. I'm going home. Reach out to my lawyers. Girl, I am not coming with you. I'm getting on that bus and getting on that plane, and you can reach out to my attorneys. Good day. <laughs> good day. I said good day. And good for Jermaine for being like, I'm not fucking coming with you. No. Are you serious? Are you, Jermaine would have been killed if, like, he, if he had gone. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So now it's all over the news. It's disgraceful. It's And the thing is- Are like, you not going to say the best word I've ever heard in a documentary? Hooliganism? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Podcast soulmate. Hooliganism. Disgraceful brawl at the Pacers-Pistons game in Detroit may be the ugliest act of pure hooliganism in U.S. sports history. The racism of it all. Oh, and I mean, like, the racism, like, pervades all of this news coverage. It's so fucking awful. Everyone is saying, like... And the players paid gazillions of dollars here. These are guys who have never had to follow the rules. If she's trying to say, like, celebrities live by a different yeah. standard, whatever, but, like, to say that professional athletes don't follow the rules, sports is all about rules. Exactly. Like, she just sounds like an idiot and she's being racist. Also, I have a quote. Please, please, um, <laughs> from Howard Kurtz from CNN, who's also on Fox News, of course. Oh, because listen to this. Great, the ta- I bet Charlie's your number one fan. Seriously. He goes, The tattoos, the fights, the drug bust. Are the media helping the NBA market this as a kind of an in-your-face hip-hop sport? Are the media helping the NBA market this as some kind of an in-your-face 
hip hop sport. I know. Fuck off, Howard. They Kurtz. say the T word eight hundred times during all of this. And like a hip hop sport. Oh, I Get know. Get a grip. No. Keith Olbermann calling them gangsta wannabes is I so know. cringe. I can't even I handle know. it. I know. And then Jermaine says, "These are thugs." Literally, that's the word that he used. And everybody else signing off. Yeah, you know, rap music and this. Well, they're not saying that when hockey is beating the hell out of each other for decades. Like, fights and hockey is part of the game. Right, and, like, there's just something about, like, white men beating up each other is just kind of civilized, you know? Whereas, like, these black men beating up each other, they're barbarians and, like, it's just so wild, you know? Yeah, or it's like, all right, like, on the the ice, it's like, okay, fellas, that was good, you know, get the gloves back on. But here, they just let them happen, like, they just let it happen. I mean, I don't know how I know this from hockey, but I do know this, that, like, in hockey, they live for the fighting. They All they want to do is get back out there and beat the living shit out of each other. There are players that they call like enforcers yes. where like part of the thing like they're good players but yeah. also like you don't want to mess with them because they're the fighters. And they'll hold grudges for seasons at a time. These basketball players are like we don't actually want to fight. Like no. it's just a show. None of us actually want to fucking do that. Right. It's just not like that. Here's the whole thing. The NBA is very concerned about how this is going to affect business. Ugh. So what they want to do is put all of it on the players, hold all the players accountable and not hold any of the fans accountable. Like they want to say this was all started by the Pacers. All these three players are are the ones that are responsible for this. And it's mostly the Indiana players. Like, Ben Wallace and yeah. a couple of the Pistons also get suspensions. But, like, Ron Artest is suspended for the rest of the season. This happened in November. Basketball is from October to April. Yeah. So, like, the whole rest of the season. Steven Jackson, 30 games. Jermaine O'Neal, 25 games. And the punishments are unprecedented. And right. that's the point. They want to make an example out of these guys. This is where they tell us the basketball commissioner guy never saw the unedited footage. I never had a conversation with David Stern about it. The narrative was based off a edited conclusion on ESPN. Wouldn't you want, as like the president of the thing, let me see it all. Of course. Ask a question. All they care about is protecting the organization. Right. And this is where we meet the DA, because the DA is like, fuck this, I'm holding everybody accountable. DA Dave. Yeah, DA Dave. Come on, come on down, DA Dave. Join the party. Hey, He's kind of awesome, because he's like, I want to watch every fucking minute of the video. He's like, there's a lot of work that went into this. It's going to be a very long investigation, probably more complicated than even a murder, because you have so many witnesses. There's over a thousand pages of police reports. Unlike most crimes, we had so much footage from different angles. It's a lot of work, you guys. This might be more complicated than a murder. Okay, please back off. I have a lot of footage to go through. But eventually, they're able to isolate images of the people that they're looking for from the stands. Yeah, and Dave's like, there were some fans who just loved it. And I'm like, you could say his name. His name's Charlie. Right. And he loves it. But the big thing is they're looking for the guy that threw the beer. Oh, That's, God. And they, the thing is, T.A. Davis, like, we got images of him. We couldn't, like, get a good shot of him. We couldn't figure out who it was. But the more I watched it, the more I thought maybe I knew that guy. This guy's name is John Green. He used to date D.A. Dave's neighbor. Used to, because I can't imagine anyone spending five minutes with this guy. So John Green threw the cup that hit Ron Artest that, like, started this whole melee, right? As much as John Green loves this, that's how much I hate John Green. (laughs) Does that make any sense? (laughs) Because there's audio of John being questioned, and he's like, am I in trouble here? Like, what's going on? The cops are like, no way, bro. No charges at all. No charges, girl. But then he goes on and does, like, a local news. Take your hat off. John, he's wearing a baseball cap. Take your hat off. He does a fucking local news interview. We see the video of him throwing the beer. We see him throw he, the beer. He is so smug. I it's know. disgusting. And the fucking interviewer is like, what would your answer to the question, did you throw the beer be? And he's like, uh, at this point, you know, I'm no oblé. You know, I'd have to say no oblé. Which just means don't talk, you idiot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
where's John Green today? What, where's the what's the John Green he, update? Well, he had a criminal record before this. Shocking. Oh, and when we, when we fi- they actually take this guy to court, he gets charged with two like felony assault charges. He's crying. Good Did you see him. him crying in court? Good. Fuck you, John Green. Good. Good. So like every other fan got like fines, costs, probation, but John Green actually got charged with uh, assault and battery. Yeah. And like you know, Jermaine is telling us Jermaine, the basketball player, is just saying like after the criminal part of this whole thing, I went through the process of appealing my suspensions. A federal judge who then saw every camera angle said I had the right to do what I did. If the basketball commissioner had taken the time to see what actually happened, these guys wouldn't have gotten in trouble. Right. And the legal battles were nothing compared to what the NBA did to them. Right. Exactly. And Reg is just saying like that one beer changed everything. It cost all of them a lot of money and a lot of time. And it cost Reggie the championship. He doesn't get his championship and he retires at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. But then Ron Artest asks to be traded. He was so ashamed he like couldn't face Jermaine anymore. He was like, I can't wear that Indiana jersey because that I was wearing that Indiana jersey during the, the worst moment of my life. So yeah. Ron thinks it's, like, better for everybody to be traded. But Steven and Jermaine are like, are you kidding me? You started this. Like, you fucking started this, and now you're abandoning like, us. Like, we're still here. Like, let's go through this together. Yeah. And so then Ron Artest changes his name to Meta World Peace. And everyone's making fun of him. And it's really, I think it's super rude. It's so rude. But the even ruder, Ron goes on to be on the Lakers and win a fucking championship. I know. I mean, this is the thing. Like, Ron started this fight. He abandoned his teammates. And, you know, when he wins the championship with the Lakers and he sits down for that interview, he says as much. And the thing is, like, all he wants to do is talk about Jermaine and see. Yeah. It's exactly what you were saying, just like talking, giving everyone else the credit. Yeah. You, my friend, are a champion. How does it feel? I was supposed to get one with Jermaine and Donnie and Larry and Jamal Tinsley and Jeff Foster over there in Indiana. And um, I bailed out on them. I feel like a coward. You know, sometimes I don't even like, you know, being in their presence. I feel like a coward in their presence, you know, because um, I bailed out on them as, as a teammate and, and then I get to get a championship. Like, confetti's on the ground. So, He's yeah, on yeah, the court. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still out of breath, I right? Know. I think this is amazing. <laughs> and the guys are like, cool, uh, Meta, can we talk about this game? You just won. <laughs> like, why do you want to talk about I Jermaine? And st- but it, it meant a lot to him to it do that. It seems to me like Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, whatever his name is, is just a guy who can't get out of his own way. Yes. You know? And I mean, like, Meta World Peace, it's a Buddhist name. And yeah. he's like, I, he's like, I just want to have balance. I don't want to be so emotionally attached to the game. And he, like, spoke to his therapist about it. And so he's like, I want to communicate. I want to be a better person. So the name isn't like a publicity stunt. Yeah. And then, like, you know, they tell us that Jermaine was the one that really suffered. Like, he was the one that was on the verge of being one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't materialize. What happened to him after that? They're all fine. Like, yeah. they all still have. <laughs> yes, they lost millions by the suspension, but like, Jermaine's earrings are amazing. Yeah. He has gigantic diamond earrings. He lives in His a beautiful house. house. Pretty nice. Like, yes, he could have been the Reggie Miller. And yeah. that, like, I'm not going to take that away from him. Like, yeah. what that must be like. Was it, like, did he stop playing or was no, his, his reputation just was damaged? Yeah, it was just a stain on, on yeah. all of this. But they all, like, they played and they made millions of dollars. Could they have made more? Yeah. Should yeah. they have made more millions of dollars? Like, know. you know. And, you know, and then it cuts to Steven. And this is, like, the moment from the beginning. It, I don't know what the interviewer asked him. Because, like, he clearly agreed to do this interview. And he was cool. He's going to defend the guys if someone tries to start shit at the bar. But then all of a sudden, Steven is losing his shit. And he's looking at a camera like behind Behind him, him. over his shoulder, (laughs) and he's like... It's the last fucking time you can ask me about this shit. I don't want to talk about that piece of shit motherfucker who threw that beer. Okay? I don't want to talk about losing all that money no more. 
this is the last time I'm doing this. You have that? You hear that? I'm not doing this again. He's like, I'm not talking about the motherfucker who threw the beer or, or losing all that money. He's like, I'm done. I know. But then also, as one little piece of some some cathartic moment, the palace yeah. gets demolished. Because Jermaine is like, as long as the palace stands, part of me will always be trapped there. And then we see them literally demolishing the palace in, I think, 2017. To which I say, bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh my God, girl, we did it. We, we did, did Malice it. at the Palace. I fucking love it. It's so Netflix, good. Netflix, I will take your suggestions anytime. We said no, and then they're like, I think you should think about it. And yeah. we're like, okay, we'll do it. Yeah. I was super excited. <laughs> when we, I was like, I kind of, I wanted to do it. I was like, Mike, watch this with me anyway. Yeah. He was like, fuck yeah, I yeah, will. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, we yeah. did it, and I'm so excited. You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Almost almost 200 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a binge right this second. At least. At least. Also, if you have tickets to Broadway, you have until October 31st to confirm your tickets. If you just bought them since yeah. we announced, if you just bought them in the last couple months, you're good. You're good. We're talking to if the people. you bought them a year ago. Yeah, the people who bought them originally yeah. before we, re- we rescheduled. Call the Second Stage Theater box office if you have any questions, or you can email info at truecrimeobsessed.com. Mm-hmm. We'll help you out. And that's it. What are we doing next, girl? We're doing the Bob Ross documentary. Oh, my stars. I know. Oh, my stars. My goodness. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a wild ride. Yeah. It's crazy. What's it called? It's like Bob Ross, like happy trees and bad memories Great. or something like that. They did him so so dirty. I oh, know. Bob. Stay tuned for the ribald outtakes. Oh my god. Ribald. A melee. A melee. <laughs> the Jillian Pentamolic. <laughs> We love you guys. Bye. Bye. I realized today at the gym, people say, don't work harder, work smarter. smarter. That's not an option for mm. me. <laughs> that, I disagree. That option is not available to me, so I just have to work harder. I just hear that song like, all I do is win, 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 yeah. no matter what. I was like, that that's the vibe yeah, yeah. of them like just killing it. It's, it's not a conference. It's not a conference. Not a keynote speaker in sight. No. Not a badge. Reggie could do it. Sure. I'd hear Reggie give a speech. But he's like, no, no, no. They're only winning games because I'm there screaming at the top yeah. of my lungs for yeah. three hours. Yes. And if I wasn't there, you they'd look. have nothing to show for it. Right. And I'm like, buddy, get a life. Get a fucking life, buddy. They're playing this song, The Final Countdown. And that song oh. just irks me. Oh. I can't explain it. No, it I makes know. Sense. You don't have to. We speak the same language on that. It just, it gets right under my skin. Uh-huh. And I hate it. And I know. <laughs> I can't. Why, I don't know. Why can't it be? We will rock you. And it's also like, yes. You know what I mean? A queen in there. Totally. <laughs> For God's sake. The, the final. Right the final countdown. It's just. Uh, it doesn't do what anyone thinks it should. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like liking it is like I like the final. Like what? A, look at my personality. Well, I'm from Boston, where we have to deal with Sweet Caroline every uh, fucking boo. season. <laughs> I fear that that sounded like I was doing like a voice, like a derpy voice from no, Reggie. I was not. That no, was, the, no, that was yeah. tears. It yes. was a bad impression, yeah. Reggie. I love you. <laughs> Please come into my DMs. You know what? I'm waiting for the DMs and the tweets from Charlie. Hi, girl. Hi. Hi. Fuck, shut up. Blocked. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> 